Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents for another Saturday morning here on Community Radio 3C.、Uh, it is Saturday, the 13th of May. You are joined with Giselle and James in the studio. Good morning, James. Good morning. Of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. If you want to get in touch with us, find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter. So look us up on those social media platforms. As well. Coming up in the second part of the show, of course, the commemoration of 75 years of Al Nakba, the、uh, catastrophe marking the Israeli、uh, colonization or invasion,、uh, however you or occupation, however you want to describe it,、um, the occupation of Palestine. And our guest in the second part of the show is Noura Mansour. She's a Palestinian educator, political analyst, writer, and activist. She's also one of the organizers of today's rally in Melbourne, so we'll be speaking to her then. But of course, first up, news from around the region. And the first news story is from Palestine, where Israel has attacked Gaza, leaving 30 Palestinians dead. On Monday, Israel launched air attacks on Gaza, killing three members of Palestinian Islamic Jihad and 10 civilians, who were mostly women and children. Gaza responded with rocket attacks, which caused several injuries and one death in Israel, and led to questions about, on the Israeli side if the, that if their rocket system, called Iron Dome, was losing its effectiveness. Israel continued to launch attacks into Gaza throughout the week, and by Friday, close to 30 Palestinians were killed, almost whom were, all, were civilians, including six children. Egypt has been trying to broker a truce, with Islamic Jihad declaring that an end to political assassinations by Israel was a precondition of any agreement. Israel is in the middle of a political crisis as protests against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his attempts to weaken the judiciary to avoid trial for his trial for corruption have been ongoing for about two months. Attacking Gaza has been a useful distraction for Netanyahu in times of crisis over his more than 15 years of leadership, and this week's attack is interpreted as no exception. And protests have broken out in Pakistan. Pakistani cities erupted in protests after a court in the capital, Islamabad, ordered that the former Prime Minister Imran Khan be embedded, sorry, remanded in custody while he faces charges of corruption. Khan came to power in 2018 when his party, the Pakistan Movement for Justice, won government in the National Assembly, but he was deposed in 2022 by a no confidence motion that his supporters view as a coup against the elected government. On Wednesday, his supporters took to the streets, leading to clashes with police, causing at least eight deaths and many more injuries among the protesters. On Thursday, the army was called in to quell the unrest and the government shut down the internet in an attempt to control the narrative, causing many workers, particularly those in the gig economy, to lose income as they were unable to perform their work. As a result of the unrest, the Supreme Court of Pakistan ordered the release of Imran Khan on Friday, stating that his arrest was not illegal. It was、uh, not legal, sorry. Not legal, yes. To Indonesia now, where domestic, domestic workers' bill has been introduced. The Widodo government has introduced a bill to safeguard the rights of domestic workers, most of whom are women from neighbouring countries. 
Joko Widodo had initially promised this reform in his first election campaign in 2014, but failed to deliver until now. The bill places the onus on employees and agents to uphold agreed working hours and wages and punishes the assault of domestic workers with up to eight years imprisonment and fines of more than US dollars While the bill goes a long way to give domestic workers the same rights as Indonesian workers in the formal economy, it has, a, it has major shortfalls. It does not set a minimum wage or a minimum working age and does not provide for maximum working hours. Also, a loophole exempts employers who hire domestic workers directly rather than through an agent, meaning that about 40% of the workforce is not covered by the bill. Finally, the bill remains deliberately silent on unionisation of these workers. The bill itself is designed to be used as a bargaining chip to protect the rights of Indonesian domestic workers abroad, particularly in Singapore and Hong Kong. And in India, journalists are being arrested for covering protests on the 3rd of May, which is World Press Freedom Day. A freelance journalist, Sakshi Joshi, was arrested and assaulted by police in Delhi for covering a protest by workers in the wrestling industry. The wrestlers were protesting the persistent sexual harassment of female wrestlers by the head of the Indian Wrestling Federation, who's also a member of parliament for the ruling BJP party. The journalist was released the following day and has launched a complaint as the circumstances of her detention contravene the law in Delhi. In the meantime, the women protesting from the wrestling organisation have also faced assaults from the police. The incident, which occurred on World Press Freedom Day, highlights the ongoing struggle for a free press across the Asia-Pacific. To the Pacific now, where independence movements are stepping up pressure in the French-held Pacific. Indigenous-led independence movements have stepped up their actions this week in French territories of the Pacific. In French Polynesia, the National Assembly selected a pro-independence member as Assembly President. Anthony Geros, who leads the Tavini who who Ira Atira, or People's Servant Party, was elected unopposed, while his party's presidential can- candidate, Moitai Brotherson, is expected to win the presidential election held today. This will mean that the territory's government will be entirely controlled by pro-independence activists. Across the Pacific, in New Caledonia, veteran activist Victor Tutugoro criticised the French government for their attempts to reverse the decolonisation process. Tutugoro was speaking on the 25th anniversary of the Numir Accords, an agreement, agreement that ended the indigenous uprising in New Caledonia and was meant to provide a 20-year emancipation process for the French-held territory. Three referenda were held on independence between 2018 and 2021, all of which failed with the last being rejected by the indigenous Kanak population as it was held during the height of COVID restrictions and less than half the population voted. And you probably heard the news that Syria has rejoined the Arab League. The Arab League readmitted Syria as a member this week, 10 years since the country was expelled for its violent crackdown on protesters which started the civil war. Syria will now attend the Arab League summit due to be held in Saudi Arabia on the 19th of May. The Arab League's actions occur at a time when the proxy conflicts between Iran and Saudi Arabia that have plagued the Middle East over the past decade are winding down, while the United States' influence is becoming clearly less potent. In recent months, China, which has previously only held trade interests in the region, brokered an agreement between Tehran and Riyadh normalising their diplomatic relations, which were broken in 2016. 
This has paved the way for negotiations on other conflicts, particularly the Yemen war. Some Arab League members, such as Qatar and Jordan, said while they supported Syria returning to the organisation, they did not see this as a normalisation of the um, Assad regime. That does bring us to the end of news from around the region. We're going to go to some community announcements and then our feature story for the morning. If you're a charity or community group looking for office space or a co-working space, Ross House has rooms of different sizes available, from 15 metres squared to 100 metres squared, at affordable prices. Many charity groups already call Ross House home, so if you're interested in joining a vibrant community or working towards social justice and environmental sustainability, please visit rosshouse.org.au or contact reception during office hours on 9650 Ross House is a 3CR supporter. On May 20, new anti-protest laws will come into effect in Victoria targeting forest protectors. Sign up to be part of a mass survey action to protect and restore forests and defend the right to protest. Surveying is the act of looking for threatened species in an area slated to be logged in order to trigger protections. All forest protectors, whether at protest camps or citizen scientists, are targeted with these new anti-democratic laws. To sign up, go to geco.org.au. Be a part of this epic survey action on Saturday the 20th of May so that we can protect and restore the critical forest ecosystems that we all depend on and defend the right to protest in the process. Goongra Environment Centre is a 3CR supporter. I've been 
moved by the tireless sea of churning or them scarlets of an inland dusk. Oh, when a close friend has died, I turned away and cried as they laid him down and shoveled in the dust. Thank you. En Rasavin Manasile Isai Nyani Ilaya Rajavin Isai Kondatam Celebrating the wondrous music of Maestro Ilaya Raja on 3CR every Friday 8 to 9 p.m. Sarik 26th of May Work is united never be defeated Work is united we'll overcome Work is united, never be defeated. Work is united, we'll overcome. Work is united, never be defeated. We are the people who make things run. Work is united, never be cheated. Protect your rights that were hard fought and won. Stand up. Workers' autonomy, we are the engines of the economy. Those who are poor are in a minority. Shout let it out, cause we want equality. You can make a difference to help fix the world. All you have to do is believe in yourself. We celebrate our great diversity. This is the strength of worker solidarity. Workers united, never be defeated. We are the people who make things right. Workers united, never be cheated. Protect your rights that were hard fought and won. We feel the pain of workplace injury Bosses who think our lives are cheap Make them feel the pain of worker solidarity Stand up, unite, don't turn your cheek Fight for the right for fair compensation Fight for the right for better education Equality, dignity, justice for all We want it now and we'll have it all Power to the people Not to corporations Move politicians Fight for the right for self-determination Don't put an end to casualisation Stand up and fight to return job security Each to the need from each their ability Don't let them chip away our civil liberties Fight with the power of workers' unity Workers united, never be defeated We are the people who make things run Workers united, never be cheated. Workers united, never be cheated. Protect your rights that were hard fought and won. Workers united, never be defeated. Workers united, we'll overcome. Workers united, never be defeated. Workers united, we'll overcome. Stand up. We are the people. Stand up. Stand up.
today. Uh, many thousands of workers coming off jobs, stopping work to come down and protest the fact that ordinary people are not being given a say in their future. Community Radio. Eight five five. I am. You're listening to Community Radio Three CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hannah, and James Barry's with me in the studio as well. I'll just back announce those songs that you heard. Uh, the first one, or the most recent one, the one that just finished, was Workers United by the band I. And before that, I played I've Been Moved by Kev Carmody. I'm being joined um, on the line by Nasir Mahni. Welcome so much and thanks so much for stepping in. We had a bit of trouble getting Noura um, Mansour on the phone this morning, but thank you, Nasir, for stepping in. Uh, my pleasure, Giselle. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. For those of you who don't know, Nasser is one of the producers of Palestine Remembered, which is actually the show that comes on uh, after Asia Pacific Currents this morning. Um, but of course, it's a very significant occasion uh, on the Palestinian calendar. We're commemorating 75 years of Nakba, and of course, in the last week, we've seen a recent um, aggressive bombardment by Israel. Nasser, uh, start off by telling us or reminding us what the Nakba actually is? Yeah, Nakba is Arabic for catastrophe. What what Nakba actually refers to is the culmination of the ethnic cleansing of Palestine, the destruction of Palestinian society, life and connection to their land. We talk about Nakba not in an abstract sense that it happened as a one-off, but rather we talk about Nakba as an ongoing, continuing, slow ethnic cleansing um, today is a day where Palestinians all over the world, the 13th, 14th, 15th, depending where, where, where they might be, there's actions all over the world where people are uniting to remember what happened to Palestine, to commemorate that action, but also to celebrate the ongoing resistance of the Palestinian people, the resilience and the connectedness of an Indigenous people to their land. Thank you so much for explaining that. Can you can you talk about the current bombardment? I mean, Israel has um, launched a massive attack against um, Palestinians in Gaza. What is the what's this current attack about? In the past couple of weeks, in fact, couple of months, what we've seen inside forty eight Palestine Israel, if you will, is uh, an outpouring of Israelis protesting for quote-unquote democracy. And their version of democracy is apartheid where there's a privilege to be Jewish. Benjamin Netanyahu presides over Israel's most fascist, and this is not an easy thing to be, but its most fascist government in 75 years with people involved in that, uh, in his government that are avowed, uh, self-proclaimed misogynists, uh, homophobes and self-proclaimed fascists as well. He's he's endeavouring to save himself from going to jail by uh, manipulating the appointments of the Supreme Court. Now, Israelis stood up and jumped up and down and said, you can't do that to the Supreme Court. We need an independence of the Supreme Court. Now, some polling a, a week and a bit ago suggested that if elections were reheld, he would lose hold of government by more than 20-plus seats. Now, his grip at the moment is tenuous, 
Now, the one thing we know as Palestinians, as activists for humanity, is that wartime leaders, prime ministers and presidents, have a bump in their polls. So what did Benjamin Netanyahu do as soon as um, he, he, he faced with the prospect of numbers dropping in his polls? Well, he went to Gaza and euphemistically, as Israelis call it, mowed the lawn. So in the past 72 to 96 hours, we've seen more than 30 people dead. These democracy protesters, silent, playing, going to the beach, going to uh, concerts, uh, Backstreet Boys cancelled their concert. They didn't heed the call of the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement, but a couple of rockets from Gaza meant the Backstreet Boys left Israel. But um, what we've got there is uh, an a shallow and callous way for Benjamin Netanyahu to shore up his coalition and to give himself a boost in the uh, in the polls. Meanwhile, Palestinians suffer. Death. You know, we've got 11-year-old and 12-year-old kids writing their own wills. It's terrible, terrible. Um, this is James here, Nasser. Um, I just wanted to ask about the international situation because in recent decades... In the Western world, people have become more aware of the Palestinian struggle and there's more sympathy for Palestinians. Yet we saw a few weeks ago the leader of the European Union uh, sending a congratulatory message to Israel uh, and uh, in which she repeated many old cliches, racist cliches about Israel making the desert bloom and um, almost the same thing about Palestine was a land without people. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the ongoing situation for Palestinians in getting that global recognition and the uphill battle in, in light of these old cliches remaining? Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, a, a great question. And one that people would have had in the days and weeks and months before Nelson Mandela was released from jail. People of good conscience, people of good morals around the world realise what is happening in Palestine. There is an oppressor and an oppressed. Now, for so many years, Western media, Western imperialist, capitalist interests gatekept the information. And so the notion that Palestine was a land without people for a people without a land, uh, Palestine's own terra nullius, created the situation where Western imperial and uh, capitalist interests could steal land off an indigenous people. People are waking up to it. Uh, polling done by the Australia-Palestine Advocacy Network in the lead-up to the last federal election showed up by numbers of up to 20 to 1, depend on the left side of politics, 20 to 1 supported Palestinian struggle, Palestinian rights, Palestinian statehood, self-determination, etc. That number decreased from 20 to 1 amongst the left to 9 to 1 amongst the right. Even amongst the right wing, people are overwhelmingly supporting the fight for Palestinians. Now, in the moments before Nelson Mandela was released from jail, in the moments before uh, uh, apartheid fell, Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan were running around their offices, pulling down pictures of themselves, smiling, shaking hands with Pick Botha uh, and F.W. de Klerk. We're going to see the same thing happening when Israel falls. Our uh, leaders, quote-unquote leaders, will backtrack and say, no, of course they supported Palestinian rights. The people are on our side, and justice shall prevail. 
Well, Egypt is yet again positioning itself um, to broker a peace agreement between Palestine and Israel, except we've seen this time and time again there's a ceasefire, the ceasefire is broken, the war continues. Um, At the moment, uh, the, the Palestinian side is saying that there will be no ceasefire without an agreement from Islam, uh, from um, excuse me, from Israel, declaring an end to political assassinations. Um, what do you think is going to happen in these negotiations? And and is there any way to negotiate peace with Israel? Look, there's no way to negotiate peace with uh, with an oppressive fascist. Uh, racist government. There's no way to uh, establish peace. The reality for Palestinians living in Gaza, Gaza, 2 million people living in 365 square kilometres, amongst the most densest places on earth, population density. If Australia had the same population density as Gaza, Australia's population would be 42 billion with a B. Um, I can't imagine what life is like for a Gazan today. And anything that might help ease their misery or lift that fear, uh, the, the, that blanket of fear that sits over the civilians of Gaza, I, I'd be happy for. But with respect to uh, um, negotiating a peace, I mean, 30 years ago, we're all, many of us are old enough to remember the handshake on the White House lawn when Chairman Arafat shook hands with uh, Yitzhak Rabin and Shimon Peres and Bill Clinton. Next thing, everybody got a peace prize and those a Nobel Peace Prize, and the negotiations then were supposed to create a Palestinian state five years later. That's 25 years ago. Since then, three-quarters of a million Jewish Israelis have been moved into Jewish-only settlements in what is supposed to be Palestine. What we have now is an entrenched form of apartheid, where we have we don't have the signs that we had in Jim Crow South in the States or in South Africa, where they say, no coloureds. But what we do have is a regimented system that has uh, different colours of ID cards, different colour of registration on cards, different uh, roads. And these systems of segregation are predicated based on religion. If you're an Ashkenazi Jew from Western Europe, you get full rights. There's um, Ukrainians that have escaped Ukraine and have resettled in Israel, 48 Palestine, and here I am, a son of a refugee in Australia, denied the right to go home. You know, the, the apartheid system that's been created by Israel is, is increasingly being called out by human rights organisations, by the UN, Harvard Law School, and so many very others. It's past time for us, well-meaning humans, to boycott, divest and sanction the apartheid state. Well, there are some demonstrations right across the country today and right across the world over the next few days. Tell us about what's happening in Melbourne and let's get some of our listeners out today. Yeah, fantastic, Giselle. So today at the State Library, 1 o'clock, join me and hundreds of other supporters of Justice for Palestine. We're meeting in front of the State Library at 1pm. There were some speeches and then a march through to the uh, Parliament House. So join us at 1 o'clock. It would be great to see you all there. Niall said, thank you so, so much for your time on the program today. Thanks, Giselle. Thanks, James.
That was Nasser Mashni. He is one of the producers of Palestine Remembered, which is coming up next. Um, but he's also a Palestinian activist and community organiser, one of the organisers for um, this afternoon's demonstration. Make sure you get there. I'll play an announcement for you in just a moment. But that does bring us to the end of another Asia-Pacific Currents for this morning. Uh, thanks, all listeners, for tuning in. Don't forget Radiothon is coming up in June. But that's it for me, Giselle Hannah. For me, James Barry.